0: hello and welcome to the very first episode of black marriage therapy bmt for short here we become students of marriage in order to create healthy long-lasting relationships i'm your host kristen smith and in today's episode we discuss the importance of marriage education joining us for the very first time, you may not know that this podcast was formerly known as Life's Limits and Lessons, and it was hosted by my husband and I, Junior Smith, and on that podcast, we discussed like super broad topics, we would discuss relationships and parenting and current events, and it was super fun. We had a lot of fun, Um, but over our break recently, I decided to... um, Kind of switch gears on the podcast. I realized that podcasting, um, at least in the beginning, is you know a free hobby. <laughs> okay, ain't nobody getting paid on this mic. I'm just saying. But um, I decided that if I'm going to be doing something for free, I might as well be putting my time and my effort into something that I love to do, that I'm interested in, and that is marriage. Um, I love to talk about marriage. I love uh, weddings. I love all things marriage and relationships and things like that. Um, But more than just like marriage itself, I love to see marriages thrive. I love to see people gain the benefits of relationships. I love seeing those couples who've been married for like 45 years and like you can just see joy and happy. I'm not talking about the ones who are like really sad, who've been married for 45 years. But I'm talking about the ones who are like they have such joy and such light. They finish each other's sentences. You know, they they know something that um, we don't know about the secrets of marriage. I love those things. And um, I decided to start this podcast and I decided to lean on my own experience of marriage. I've been married for almost 10 years. Um, I'm currently a student uh, seeking a degree, master's degree in marriage and family therapy. So I'm seeking to be an expert in this field. And also in my own personal marriage, I have been able to learn from the current experts like John Gottman, Esther Perel, uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh, Chapman, Gary Chapman um all these different people who has helped me so much, right? Um learn what I need to learn and gain the skills and the tools that I need to make my own marriage succeed. Um so I just want to bring that information to those to that group of people specifically who are interested in marriage, whether you're single or not, who are, you know, maybe courting or, you know, kind of in that pre marriage talk. And for those of you who are married, because I'll tell you one thing, it is never too late. From my own experience, I know that. You could be going downhill and go uphill. It always just takes a decision. It takes effort and intentionality. But um or if you just want to sharpen your marriage, you feel like, hey, our marriage is good. You know, and you just like, hey, maybe there's a few extra skills or something we could put in our bo- bucket and our tool bag for us to use. And yes, you definitely could. And you should always be growing your marriage. And that's why this podcast is here. So thank you guys so much for joining us and rocking with us. And everyone who has been rocking with us since Life Lessons and Lesson, who are here for the ride for Black Marriage Therapy. We are so excited to have you join us on this uh, journey to becoming students of marriage. So just to start, let me give you guys a little analogy. Um In my personal opinion, I believe marriage is like a puppy, right? Um, puppies are so cute and they are so fun and so energetic and we love to take pictures with them and they are just like everything, you know, just like, oh, you just hope for it and love it and cuddly, all this stuff. But a lot of people don't realize that puppies are are a hell of a lot of work, okay? They chew your things, they piss and poop on the floor, they are hella needy, okay? Like puppies whine and cry when you leave the room. And I think marriage is a lot like a puppy. When people originally think of marriage, they think of wedding and they think of proposals and I'm in love, I'm head over heels and all these different things, which are great. But marriage is a hell of a lot of work. Let's be honest. Right. Um, You have to learn how to communicate and you have to learn how to deal with finances and responsibilities. You literally have to learn a whole nother person who wasn't raised the way you were raised, who don't think the way you do, who don't like things that you like. Or maybe they do. Right. But not in the same way that you do. They enjoy it because they're individuals and they're unique, right? So marriage is a hell of a lot of work. And we know this to be true because the statistics show that most people don't know how much work it is. I mean, right? A lot of people have heard this statistic that almost 50% of first-time marriages end in divorce. 50. So you got four best friends, two of them not going to make it. Okay? And... I think it's because that people don't know what they're getting into when they get into it, right? It's like a puppy. They're excited about it and they're happy, but they don't know the amount of work that it takes. And unfortunately, that can be overwhelming and people quit before it, you know, before they can like figure it out, before they get their hearts too broken. They're like, hey, let me just cut my losses now because I don't know what the future entails and I don't think that we have a future anymore. There's of course other um, outliers for why people get divorced, but I'm just talking about the general things, why people get divorced, right? Irreconcilable differences and things like that. Um, So unfortunately that's just a true story. That's the reality. Most people don't know what they're getting into when they get married. Unlike the puppy, the consequences of ending a marriage far outweighs the consequences of having to give back a puppy, right? Some people (laughs) with puppies, they just like stick it out and, you know, whatever. But some people, hey, they give the puppy back. I think that's a great idea. Give the puppy back if, you know, you realize, hey, this is not for me. I'm not cut out for this. I don't have the time, (laughs) you know, whatever. Let the puppy have a better home. But um, for marriage, the consequences of just say, for lack of better terms, giving the marriage back is so drastic like it's so uh heavy and I don't think people really consider that because it's so easy per se to get divorced in this country I don't think people are really considering like actually how it affects you emotionally psychologically um like there's actually been studies on this that the divorce the divorce affects it increased stress it lowers your life satisfaction, it causes depression, increased medical visits, and it increases the mor- your mortality risk. Like you're more likely to die. I know that sounds morbid. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you have all these higher increased risks. Now that is just the psychological issues, right? We didn't even talk about financial issues. Like Um, things people don't think about, like, let's say you've been married for like eight or nine years and your grandparent passed away and you inherited something. Yeah. That is you guys property now. Like that's for both of you guys. And now you have to figure out how to split that property. Like the house that I'm living in now, before we bought it, it belonged to a married couple. And unfortunately they were getting divorced and they were like, yeah, we got to kick you out because we have to split this house financially and she has to get half and I have to get half. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be kicking people out just yet. <laughs> Thank God we were able to scrimp something up and buy the place. But um, it, there's a lot of financial things that comes with divorce as well. So when you're getting married, it's not something that you should just, you know, like, oh, well, well, it's something I could easily get out of. Yeah, sure. Maybe it's just like some paperwork and blah, blah, blah. blah. But the repercussions of an actual divorce has been showed to be close to losing a family member, to to be close to ex, um, experiencing a death, right? We actually have this information, the Holmes Ray Life Stress Inventory. So guys, it, these are two researchers who basically created this list of the things in your life that are so impactful or cause you the most amount of stress. And those things, seven, the top seven, I'll just read the top seven because I think it's like, how many is it, like 43? The top seven is death of a spouse. Number two is divorce. Can you believe that? Divorce. Number three is marital separation. The first three have to do with relationships. And being married, isn't that crazy? Number four is um, being in an institution. Number five is death of a close family member. Number six is a major personal injury or illness. So that's like cancer or being an amputee. And number seven is marriage. That's the top seven things that are most impactful or cause the most stress in your life, right? This is why we have to go into marriage with our eyes wide open, Right. We can have the fun, have the passion, the romance and the joy, but we have to understand that there is consequences to the actions that to this uh, thing that we're doing. And according to research, that action, the consequences of the actions are one of the most stressful things that can ever happen to you in your life. So I'm starting off with the bleak stuff because I'm just gonna end with the hope. (laughs) Okay, but I I really do. I know it's jarring, but I find that a lot of people, unfortunately, they end up on two spectrums of marriage, right? You either have people who live in a fantasy who think wedding, joy, bliss, love, oh my gosh, it's great, and they don't understand the reality of marriage, and then you have people who live on the cynical side of things where it's like ball and chain, I'm miserable, like marriage is trash or whatever like that, but they don't understand the the benefits of marriage. There are great benefits that comes to marriage, right? Um, Some of those benefits are people who are married tend to be healthier, happier. They live longer. They actually have more sex. Okay. I know that it seems like out here that the singles be having all the sex because casual and blah, 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 all that stuff. But guess what? When it's available to you, you tend to have it more, (laughs) Okay. So you got somebody right there every night, you know, you're more likely to have more sex than somebody who is single, who's looking for sex and stuff like that. So there are great benefits to marriage. Um, but again, we have to find a middle. We have to be able to be realistic about marriage. Now I'm almost done. I'm going to just give you a few more things about divorce and then we're going to move on. So the main reasons why people get divorced is conflict, arguing, this word always get me (laughs) Irreconcilable breakdown in relationships, a lack of commitment, infidelity, and a lack of physical intimacy. You can't fix all those issues, but a lot of these can be fixed with very foundational tools and skills that can help, you know, better your marriage. Now, commitment, you know, you can't force nobody to be in a relationship with you. If they ain't committed, they ain't committed. That's like the very bare bones basic. Like you got to have some level of commitment. Um, But other than that, conflict and arguing, irreconcilable differences, um even infidelity, we're going to get into it because Esther Perel has a great book talking about infidelity and cheating and stuff like that. And even infidelity can be overcome, y'all. Like, I know it sounds real, real crazy. I know I'm t- it sounds like I'm talking out the side of my neck, but stick with me. We're going to talk about all of it. And so these are the main reasons why people people get defor- divorced. But I think what's the saddest statistic out of all of this to me is that the average couple waits six years before seeking help for relationship problems. Six. That is so crazy to me. And what's even more sad is that according to statistics, according to like actual reports, most people actually file for divorce at year seven or eight. So you waiting till six to get to get help and most likely by seven or eight, the help ain't gonna work. Right? So early intervention is what is most important. We have the statistic of 50% ending in divorce. If that statistic was set for diabetes or high blood pressure, the government would be flipping their lid. If 50% of people who got diabetes or high blood pressure died, we would be like, whoa there's a crisis. How do we fix this? How do we help this? How do we make sure that people aren't dying at an alarming rate? But when it comes to marriage, we're like, eh, (laughs) they'll be all right. We'll be okay. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it's capitalism. Maybe it's some conspiracy. Who knows? I don't know what it is, but um, we should have that same level of prevention in mind when we're encouraging people to get married. Right. We should just like with diabetes and high blood pressure. Right. They encourage people eat healthy, exercise, stay away from stress, be mindful, all these different great things. It's even on your watch. Right. Reminders and all these different type of things. But when it comes to marriage, it's like, eh, you know, where is that? Where is that for marriage? Where is the prevention? Right. And I think that prevention is marriage education. And I, I, I'm i reading off the statistics, but I know it from my own personal experience. If you do not know, my husband and I got married at 18 years old. I know y'all shaking your head at me, but that's OK. That's OK. I know we were crazy. We got married at 18 years old right out of high school. OK, and we were like in our freshman year of college. And to be honest, we used some of that refund check to get married, to get like a little house or whatever like that. And (laughs) if you know, you know, that's okay. And, um, the first six months were great. In the first year, it was a little, you know, it gets a little uncomfortable. You start realizing stuff about people and it's fine. Okay, whatever. But, um, the second year started getting a little bit harder, right? A lot of the stuff about our past, you know, start to come out. And we both come from backgrounds of some form of trauma. Um, we both come from backgrounds of, um, divorced parents. So <laughs> we're a statistic in every way, shape, or form. Like our marriage in the last few years, we should have been divorced, right? Because we got married young and we had no role models, no tools, no education about what it takes to be married. We just jumped in here head first and was just like, hope it all works. And of course, by year two, three, we were definitely struggling. We we're definitely arguing. We we're definitely having like, um, irreconcilable differences. We weren't seeing eye to eye and I contemplated divorce. Um, I don't know if my husband ever contemplated divorce, but I sure did. Um, I was young. I'm like, I'm still in my twenties. I'm still a hot thing. You know, if I cut my losses now, then maybe I can try again later and succeed. Um, but for some reason I just decided not to, I'm like, okay, no, let's give this thing one more try. Right? Like I'm like, okay, no, let's give this thing one more try. Let me just try again. To be honest, I'm a glutton for punishment. Like, (laughs) that sounds so terrible. But it's just like, I just have a high tolerance for pain or suffering. That sounds terrible. Anyways, it's the truth, right? So I'm like, no, I love this guy. Let me try again. Let me try again. So instead of doing what I was doing before, which was like, you know, nothing and like trying to just talk everything out and just, just reacting to my triggers and my trauma. I was like, let me just Google this thing. Let me just like find out how to communicate with somebody who is, who talks over you. And you know, you get certain things. And basically over time, I just tried it out. I was just like, okay, well, let's see what this person's response is. And I'll, I'll try that on relationships. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. And I just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And I realized that, um, you know, things were starting to work, things were getting better. And I'm like, okay, okay. So this is great. Um, and initially it was just me because I don't know, I just find that women tend to seek self-help more than men do. Um, I don't think men, just don't seek help, but I don't think they usually seeking self-help, like things to grow and get better and stuff like that. That's, I don't find that often. Um, and eventually I was able to get junior on board. Um, so originally when I was seeking after these answers, I was just seeking to stop the pain, to find peace and to like, bring some joy back into this relationship, but what I realized over time is that it didn't just stop the pain, it actually made our relationship better, like we were communicating, we were happier, we were becoming friends, you know, and the joy and the life came back into our relationship, and I think that is when it clicked for me, that marriage education or gaining those skills and those tools to be able to like work through problems in marriage, um, it wasn't just like Way to prevent divorce, but it was a way to make our relationship thrive. And what it did, which was most important, it gave me confidence and hope about something that I was so uneducated about. It made me feel like, okay, bad things are gonna happen, things aren't always gonna go my way, but we can build the relationship that we have in our mind, even though we don't have any role models, we can build it. By using, practicing these tools and these skills that we're learning. And, and, and that's really what marriage education is about. It's not a, it's yeah, sure. It helps prevent divorce. Um, and it, and it has so many other benefits, but I think what's most important about marriage education is it gives you the confidence to know that you can actually work towards making the marriage that you want. So I'm not naive, you know, or arrogant. And I know that, you know, our, our marriage is susceptible to pitfalls and, you know, different things and different things happen in life. I'm not naive to those things, but at least I know that, especially because we've been practicing it, we have tools and skills in our back pocket that we can use in order to overcome those pitfalls. So all these statistics and everything that I'm saying to you, um, I know by experience. I know because I feel like it actually has worked for me. Um, the statistics just support something that has happened for me, but um, you know that's my own personal story. But there are statistics and studies that show that marriage education benefits couples in the long run. They make them healthier. They make uh, them more long lasting. They even turn around Uh, marriages that were doomed for the end. It only takes commitment. It takes a choice. It takes uh, consistency and uh, intentionality. But if two people choose to do it, I believe it can get done. So (laughs) I I hope that I have uh, convinced you. I'm not going to say convinced. I'm not trying to convince anybody, but I am trying to encourage those of you who are interested in marriage Um, to, and who are married also to open your eyes to the reality of marriage, right? Um, sometimes I think we just believe that, especially when you're dating and like when you first get married that, Oh, I found the right person. I found the person who's compatible to me. I found the person who loves me and cherishes me. And therefore my work is done. That was the hardest part, right? Finding the person. No, that wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part is understanding that that person that you love is going to change so many times in your relationship and that you're going to have to choose to love them again every single time they change, every single time they have, you know, some type of epiphany of like about their past and their future and like they just change. We're human beings. But the thing is, we cannot be passive in our relationships. We actually have to take an active role. The relationship that you envision, the marriage that you envision, right? Is a hundred percent possible, but if you do not put the work and the effort into making that vision come to fruition, you can forget about it. Things that aren't living die. If you're not moving forward and working towards something, eventually it will come to an end. And I know that sounds bleak, but it's just the truth. And what I'm hoping to encourage you guys to do is to become students of marriage with me, uh, to learn those skills and practice those skills. I've been married for 10 years, but I am still learning every single day, every year or so something happens in our life that just shifts and changes. And it really makes us have a hard look at like who we married and what they desire and what they need. And it really strikes me Right. But I have the confidence because I know my husband and I know how to communicate. I know even when it's hot, even when we are hotheads and we can be, I know we know how to communicate. I know we know what it means to be patient with one another. I know we know what it means to sacrifice for one another. I know we know these things and that confidence alone pushes me forward to, again, seek that vision and to make that vision come to fruition of what we want for our relationship. As I mentioned before, unfortunately most people try to gain the skills of marriage when things are horrible. We should instead intervene before we get to a place where it may be irreconcilable. And that is what I want to offer you guys here at black marriage therapy. Uh, We are going to be continuing to talk about different marriage topics, things that people really don't talk about such as mental health in marriage um, marrying a broken spouse, somebody who came from trauma, maybe somebody who came from divorced parents. Like how does that impact your relationship? We're going to be talking about, of course, you know, some of the hot topics, communication, commitment, sex. Um, but we're also going to be talking about is marriage for me? What should I know before I commit? Toxic relationships, You know, we'll talk about finances, not enough time, quality time, five love languages, all these different topics. So if you're interested, please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so that you know when we have new episodes. They come out every Thursday. So again, thank you all for tuning into the very first episode of Black Marriage Therapy, BMT for short. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Black Marriage Therapy. We also have a Facebook group. It's brand new and fresh, um, but I'm hoping to uh, continue conversations there throughout the week about what we talked about. Uh, We also have in store a book of the month so um every four weeks we'll have a book that we read again we are committing to becoming students of marriage so that we can actually have successful long relationships thanks again for listening and see you again next week where we'll be discussing brokenness marrying a spouse from a broken home and its implications on your marriage